Hey everyone, Zach Dixon here, and welcome to our 37th episode of Animalators. Curious conversations from the world of animation. Today on the show, we have the very talented Lynn Fritz, a designer and animator from Sweden, currently interning at Buck in Sydney, Australia. During the episode, we'll talk about her experience at Hyper Island, the importance of being outside your comfort zone, and how she started her Facebook group, Pun Animation. I'm excited to get into all of this and more on this week's episode of Animalators. Lynn, thanks so much for coming on the show. Oh, thanks for having me. Yeah. Uh, so it is, we, we are in very different time zones right now, uh, Nashville to Sydney. Um, you are uh, currently at an internship at Buck. So let's start there. Tell me a little bit about Buck life in Sydney. Oh my God. I never thought I would end up with Buck. Um, and it's like, it's amazing. Definitely. <laughs> It's so much fun. It's such a great team to work with and everyone is so talented. So I'm kind of questioning my entire career now. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it's, it's great. Definitely. How big is the team in Sydney? I think the team is about maybe 10 people on the creative side. Oh, wow. Okay. But we're also three interns. So I guess seven full timers. <laughs> okay. Wow, so it's definitely like this. I know it's the newest, so and it's obviously the smallest too. Um, do you spend you spend most of your time illustrating, animating, or is it a good mix of both? Well, um, I would say illustrating actually at Bach. Really? Yeah. Um, okay. It is an animation internship, but I think I naturally went into illustration for some reason, and I really enjoy illustration and design. Yeah, no, no, no. So tell me a little bit about kind of your your average day at Buck. Are you spread across like multiple different projects or is it kind of focused on one thing at a time? It's it's very, very different. Sometimes it could be a pitch in the morning and some other illustration project in the afternoon. And then you need to be on like an animation project for two months. And um, yeah, it's very, very different. So I think I really enjoy that. Um so you're not stuck at the same project for like months and months. Yeah. Is it the kind of thing where you where you walk in and you don't really know like what you might be working on that day? Yeah, sometimes. Really? But it's also like, um, you know, it's, it's a good and a bad side to it. Um, if I walk into the studio knowing what I'm going to do that day, I'm really comfortable and I'm really, um, you know, like I'm just putting my headphones on, listening to a podcast or music or something and then just work. Was if I don't know what to do, I'm just walking in and I'm a bit like scared. I'm I don't really know what to do. I don't want to ask anyone, um, but I know that's a good idea to do. Like, I don't know. I can be really shy and weird sometimes when it comes to. <laughs> so are you working with mostly you know kind of other, um, like other animators, illustrators, or directly with art directors, or how does that kind of uh, relationship with kind of your, your teammates work? Because it's such a small team, we're kind of working all together all the time. Yeah. So we have a little 3D team and a 2D team, and I'm working a lot with, it feels weird to say like the art directors, because it's like two or one art director <laughs> there, and it's Lucas. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah. yeah, so I'm working like a lot with him, and... Then it's the 2D side, animation side, which is um, Lucas again, and Gareth, Josh, Matthijs. And then we have a 3D side as well. And we're working with them too. So, and everyone is kind of involved in everything, and which is great because then you can get input from the 3D animators or modelers oh, yeah. and then get input from 2D side and illustrators. And, you know, it's, it's always like in between everyone, which is great. Yeah. So I think that's the best thing with being in a small team that everyone is involved in everything and you really feel like you're creating something together. Yeah, no, that's great. I, I, I've been seeing kind of a lot on the Twitter. I follow a bunch of Buck people across, you know, New York, L.A. and Sydney. Do you guys have any interactive um, or like kind of VR stuff going on in Sydney? Mm, not really, no. <laughs> not really? Okay. No. Interesting. That's, and that's kind of crazy that there is, you know, with only 10 of you, you have a full kind of 3D and, and 2D team. Do they ever kind of like cross over a little bit, doing some more like kind of hybrid um, hybrid projects? 
Uh, I I don't know actually. I'm, I don't know if I can talk about that. But um, sometimes the 3D people they work with uh, LA or New York. Okay. So that's also a really good thing about it because we're in different time zones. We're like in three different time zones. So sometimes I was on a project a couple of weeks ago. I was on a pitch and I designed. Um, I illustrated a character that I gave to the 3D guy I'm working next to, and he modeled it and then sent it to LA, and they animated him and then sent him back to Sydney. Um, so it works quite well to like yeah. work between offices. Yeah, that's pretty awesome. I was cu- I was actually curious about that, like just kind of how much like inter office kind of interaction there is, and like kicking around work across all of the Buck teams. Mm. Yeah, it's really, uh, the other day, um, or the other week, Gareth was like, oh, can you like do this illustration thing that LA sent through? And it's like, yeah, sure. And then we're just doing it when they're asleep and then just sending it back, which is amazing. Yeah, no, that's super cool. Yeah, so like, let's talk a little bit about like your your process. As um, I guess, let's let's start maybe kind of on, on your illustration side. Um, like where where do you start? Do you start on a paper? Do you go straight to a Wacom? Do you use a Wacom? Yeah, talk talk a little bit about your your illustration process. Uh, <laughs> I don't even know if I have the process. <laughs> um, well, usually I I probably go through Pinterest for a couple of hours before I start, um, gather some inspiration and stuff. And uh, now, but I usually. I usually do, uh, I usually sketch on paper first and then move on to Illustrator. I don't really use Photoshop whatsoever. I wish I could. Um, I don't know why. I never learned Photoshop, hmm. <laughs> which is really weird. So, um, yeah, I guess that's the process. And sometimes I'm just starting out in Illustrator and don't really do anything on, on paper. Um, nice. I was gonna say I like I'm I'm I just went and followed you on Pinterest, so that's that's awesome. <laughs> oh my god, I have a private Pinterest because oh really? Uh, I don't even know why it's private. I think it's because oh. I have so many like there cheesy are no pins. boards. Oh no! <laughs> I, I have like a lot of cheesy boards, you know, like oh my interior board and my <laughs> weird uh, party board, or I don't know. I've had my Pinterest for ages. I have so many like weird pins from when I was like fifteen. <laughs> I mean. Yeah, you gotta you gotta share that inspiration with the world. I want I want to see what I want to see what you're pinning. Um, yeah, maybe I should. <laughs> but no. So do you do you scan in your your sketches then and start drawing over them in Illustrator? Um, I should take a photo of them and just yeah. slack them to myself. Oh, nice. Makes yeah. Sense. And then do you are you using a Wacom or something, or do you go just with a mouse? Oh my god, I can't do that. <laughs> I actually started on. I started with a mouse, and then really? I switched to yeah, I switched to Wacom. And like before I switched, I was like, why would I use a Wacom? And then I switched <laughs> to Wacom, and it was like, oh my god, why did I use a mouse before? And now I'm using I'm using a Cintiq in the studio, which is amazing. And it was the same before Buck. I was like, why would I use a Cintiq? Uh, <laughs> and now I'm like, what? I need a Cintiq. Do you have like a do you have a home setup as well? Um, yes, I have. So I have a Wacom at home, and my boyfriend has a Cintiq. So um, I'm trying to use that one all the time, and he yeah. gets a bit get a bit grumpy about that. <laughs> but is he yeah, we an illustrator, we do, graphic designer as well. He is an illustrator and animator, and we probably have the nerdiest home ever. We have. <laughs> We have a kitchen table, and we've lived here for six months, and we've never had dinner or like lunch or <laughs> breakfast or whatever at the table. We only have our computers and antiques and tablets everywhere, so we're always eating in the sofa instead. <laughs> nice. Yeah, I mean, that's come on. That's that's what everybody does for real, though. <laughs> True. Um, no, that's great. Um, so yeah, so I understand that you you let's let's take it back. I understand that you went to Hyper Island, and that's kind of where you you got your start into all this. So um, first, I guess tell us what that is, and then uh, maybe you could talk a little bit about uh, why you decided to go there. Yes, sure. Um, I 
to go back even further, I, I struggled a bit in school, in secondary school. And I, have a, I kind of have a hard time concentrating. And it started back in school. I had, I had a really hard time keeping up with my classmates when it came to like the important things like English and math and stuff. And I really enjoyed the practical things. And I studied some, something called like the media program. And it was all about, you know, graphic design, photography and film and stuff. And that was the first time I actually started enjoying school. So one day in school, my photography teacher came into the, to the class and um, he was like, he just gave me um, a little book about Hyper Island. And he said, he just said, please apply. And then he just went out and I was like, <laughs> okay. And this was like the first year in secondary school. So I think I was about 15, maybe. Oh, wow. Okay. And I was like, oh, okay, sure. And then that became the goal of this whole thing. Like, I'm going to apply to Hyper Island. And I talked to a couple of people who went there and they were all like, yeah, you need to apply. This is just an amazing school. But no one really, no one could explain like what Hyper was. They were just saying that hyper is amazing. You should definitely go. <laughs> I was like, what? Um, and I applied for hyper and I got in and I actually applied for a course called um, digital media, but I didn't get accepted and I didn't know what to do. Like which other course should I go to? Like, I don't know any other courses or I don't, I'm not interested in anything else than digital media. I didn't even know what digi digital media meant. Um, but I chose motion graphics as the second option. Okay. Had you done any of that in secondary school at all, or was this kind of the first, the first entry? I don't even know if I'm going to say this, but okay. Uh, <laughs> I didn't know what motion graphics was when, oh, wait, when really? I applied for it. <laughs> it's like, oh, that sounds cool. What, um, whatever that is. And yeah, exactly. Cause it was like, it's graphics. It should be something with design, right? Right, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I applied for it and I got in and I was like, yeah, that sounds, sounds good. And my, um, so you don't have teachers at Hyper, um, which is quite interesting. You have oh, like wow. uh, program managers. Okay. And my program manager, before we started, he sent an email to everyone and he was like, yeah, you should probably take a look at After Effects. And I was like, what's After Effects? <laughs> <laughs> And, um, yeah, I, di I didn't even know what After Effects was and I, I didn't have After Effects, so I couldn't really take a look at it. But, um, so yeah, when I started Hyper Island, I didn't know what a keyframe was. I didn't know like anything really. I knew animation, but I didn't know how to do it. <laughs> so wait, was that your main like area of, of, of focus or was there something along, alongside of that as well? So basically the main area of focus at Hyper is more about dynamics and how to work together and teamwork and, you know, get to know yourself in a weird and new way. And then you have kind of a subject to do whilst you're doing these all like team exercises. And like, I have such a hard time explaining Hyper Island. You kind of need to like go there to understand what's going on. But... I think I would say that Hyper is like, it's kind of like a collaborative uh, learning environment that they're trying to reflect um, the modern workplace. Um, and they want to, like, you need to forget all about the traditional school because you don't have any tests, teachers, classes, like anything really. And you're always in charge of your own learning and how much time you want to spend on it. So you can kind of say that Hyper give, they give you the tools you need, but it's kind of up to yourself to figure out how to use them in a way, if that so, makes sense. <laughs> yeah. Do they give you like general projects or do you even decide on, on your own like self-initiated projects? Um, it's both. Um, you have like different modules. Um, the, the course I had was just a year and we were in school for eight months and then we had a three months internship. Mm. And during those eight months in school, it was different like modules 
all about like getting to know the motion industry. You know, you had to contact people who had been there before at Hyper, and oh, okay. um, you know, like who and did you always, contact? Uh, God, who did I contact? <laughs> I can't even remember. But, like I remember a few people being there. I remember Claudio when like he was there, like cheering when when I went oh, really? there. Oh wow! Yeah, that was the first time I met Claudio. That's and cool. I remember sitting there. I was like, "Oh my god, Claudio, he's amazing!" <laughs> um, yeah, it was. It was a lot of people being there, and it was really interesting and fun. And it definitely, like for me at least, it was definitely an eye opener. Um, you know, like I said, that I had a really hard time in school, and when I started hyper, I just realized that I'd kind of been in the wrong environment all along, because. You know, like we all we're all different. We have different interests and talents and stuff. And I kind of felt that I was finally in the right environment. And I kind of understood that I'm probably not meant to be super clever in math and like English or you know all those important stuff in school. <laughs> so was there like a moment in there? Like I, I know you said that you kind of entered into this like not really knowing what motion graphics even was was there a moment at your time in hyper that you're like wow like this is what i want to do like i'm actually pretty good at this like this is what i could do for the like rest of my life or at least this is what i want to do for work yeah i I don't think i realized that at hyper um for me it was more i was just doing it because i thought it was fun and it was like it was a new area for me like learning after effects and Oh, that's also the thing, like they don't teach you anything. So you have to learn from each other or from tutorials or staying up all night. And that's kind of what I did. And I only had eight months to do it for the internship. And I, I remember that like some people posted stuff online and they were like, Oh, look at my little animation or my illustration. And I didn't post anything online because I was just like, nah, I'm, I'm not, I'm not good enough for this. And then one day my program manager, he was, he was saying that, uh, and this is, this is stuck in me since then. He said that you can be the best damn animator or designer in the whole world. But if you're hiding out in your mom's basement, no one's going to know that you exist. Mm. Yeah. And I was like, Oh shit, that's true. So <laughs> I was like, Oh, maybe I should post stuff. And I started posting things on dribble and I just posted like, I mean, looking back at it now, it's still there. And sometimes I look back at it when I want to see like my progress. I'm just like, oh my God, look at this. <laughs> so um, I just started posting things on Dribble, and it was no thoughts or anything behind it. I just posted like, it was more for me, I guess. So I could see that I was actually doing something. So yeah, I just kept on posting things. And I posted some stuff on Vimeo, and I applied for an internship in Amsterdam. And um, uh, yeah, I got an internship in Amsterdam for three months. And um, was that for for motion, like motion graphics, or is it illustration? Or no, that was for motion graphics. But at the same time, like I didn't really know anything, and I felt really insecure and a bit unhappy. And this was the first time I moved. Um, to another country as well. And at the actual internship, I, I think I'm, I probably learned something there. <laughs> um, but my mindset wasn't right at the moment. I was just thinking, like, this is three months. After that, I'm going to go home to my parents again. <laughs> but the actual Amsterdam experience was amazing because I moved there with five friends from school. And... We ended up in the same apartment and it was just a two bedroom apartment. So it was me and five dudes. And we, we lived there for like almost a year. Oh wow. And it was, it was just crazy, but it was so much fun, <laughs> you know, when you're young and it's just amazing. And, um, yeah, it was, it was a great experience, definitely. But after three months at my internship, I was so like, my mind was set on going home and just focusing on something else because I, I was like, this is not really the right environment for me. This is not really what I want to do, I think. Um, Interesting. Like, what, what was it about it that 
kind of made you feel like it might not have been the right fit? Did you feel like you maybe weren't um, weren't very good at that point, or or weren't weren't learning, or? I think it was both of them. Like I didn't feel good at all, and I didn't really create stuff. Like you know, like you're always comparing yourself to everyone else all the time, which is an awful thing to do. Um, and um, I just didn't feel confident enough. And everyone else was just so much better than me. And all of my friends also had internships, and they were they were just developing so many new and crazy skills. And they had so much fun on their internships. And I didn't really feel that. So then some people ended up getting jobs. And, you know, like, it, for me, it was just, I don't know, I, I just felt really sad. And, um, yeah, I was like, I think this was a few days before I was heading back to, to Hyper to graduate. I got an email from, I think it was a tweet even. God, social media. Gotta love it. Um, <laughs> I got a tweet from a guy in Amsterdam and I can't, I can't even pronounce his name, but he, you know, animography, the oh, yeah. animated mm-hmm. stuff. Yeah, it was him. And I'm so sorry, but I can't pronounce his name. <laughs> and um, he just like tweeted me being like, hey, I like your stuff. Do you want to come by the studio and have a coffee with me and talk about work? I was like, what? Really? And uh, yeah, I went there and we talked a little bit about work and stuff. And um, he hired me for a project. So that was my first project in the, in the industry. So... I was like, oh, maybe this is fun. Maybe I can do this, actually. So I I stayed in Amsterdam for a few more months and uh, tried to freelance for a bit. Um, but I was like, I wasn't on a good level at all. And so it didn't really work out for me. I mean, it was so I was so fresh out of school and I didn't know that much about anything. I wasn't good at all when it came to like animation or design or anything. So... I was still a bit like, what am I doing? I'm not making any money at all. And I lived, this is, this is a true story. <laughs> I lived on porridge for about four months. What? <laughs> and I literally turned gray before oh, no. I realized that I can't do this anymore. Like I don't have any money. I can't live like this. That's crazy. <laughs> and then, um, one day I got an email from a company in Stockholm and they were like, Hey, we like, we're looking for an in-house motion designer and we're wondering if you're interested. Oh, wow. How did they find you? Was it through dribble or through the things you had been posting? I think this was, I think this was actually a friend recommending me. Okay. If I'm not mistaken. Um, I think he kind of, I think he got offered a job or something and he recommended me. And, um, I think this was, this was like a Thursday and they were calling me and they were like, okay, can we hire you? And I was like, oh shit. Uh, yeah, sure. (laughs) And they were like, can you start on Monday? And I lived in Amsterdam and I was like, what? Am I going to move to move to (laughs) Stockholm now? Like what's going on? And I'm from, I'm from Sweden, but I'm not from Stockholm. Like I'm from the Northern parts. So I... I went home to my parents again and I stayed there for like a week before I moved back to Stockholm or moved to Stockholm. And, uh, yeah, that, then my Stockholm life started all of a sudden. Oh, wow. Yeah. So was that like full, full time, like, uh, like straight into just animation illustration projects? Yeah. So this was my, like my first real job, like nine to five job. And I've never had a like real job before this. And it was exhausting, like being there every day. And I mean, I don't want to sound lazy or anything, but this was like my first job. And I think I was, I think I was 19, 19 or 20 years old at the oh, time. Wow. Yeah. And um, yeah, it was a lot of new like people and a new city and, you know, like new stuff. And um, I had to start over again, getting to know people, getting friends um, getting confident at work and, um, yeah, but it, it turned out to be like, I mean, it's an amazing, I had an amazing time there and I'm still like really, really good friends with everyone. And we still like, we have our silly group chats on Facebook still. And I, I had a really good time there, but the problem was that, 
um, the work wasn't super inspiring. It was more animating PowerPoints and doing five minutes movies about uh, legal. I, I don't know. It was it was really like you know like restricted and weird in a way. So I felt a bit back, you know, again, thinking that, what am I doing? Is this really what I want to do? I feel really, um, I feel like a machine in a way. I'm just doing the same things every day and I'm never outside my comfort zone or I'm not really motivated. I'm just, I'm just doing the same thing all the time. So I started, um, I continued going back to Dribble again. I continued posting things on Dribble all the time because that was my motivation in a way. So in um, in my spare time, I just I just tried to like get better at better at animation and design and try to post, you know, like as much as possible for myself mainly. Mm-hmm. So I could see some kind of progress in my work. What kind of stuff were you were you focusing on at that time? Were you like kind of going after a certain style, or or were you doing mostly like short animated pieces, or like kind of how were you deciding what you were going to do in your own time? Um, back then, I mostly um, I, I mostly did stuff that I thought people would like. I tried to please the crowd in a way, which was. I don't know if it was a bad or a good idea, but like looking at back at my work back from then, it lo- I mean, it looked like everyone else's work. It was a lot of vector stuff, and I just tried to, to in a way, like please everyone with my work and try to like get people interested in my work because I felt really stuck at my position in Stockholm, and I wanted something more challenging, but. Uh, I don't even know if I thought like that back then, but <laughs> so that's kind of what I did. So I I know that you you kind of I mean ended up in in London at at Cub Studio. How did you kind of um, yeah how did how did you get connected with um, Fraser Davidson and that and the team there at Cub? Yeah, this is um, I don't think I've told Fraser this side of the story, but. <clears throat> I um, I think it was it was in the summer and it was like literally no one in the office in Stockholm and it was quite a big office and like a big PR company and um, everyone is just out for the summer obviously and I got I got an email from um, Fraser and uh, I just looked down on my phone and it said Fraser Davidson and. Because Fraser is Fraser, I didn't think about that he would actually email me. So I <laughs> I just thought it was like some weird, you know, like maybe he sent an email to everyone on Dribble or like some kind of design community email or something. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. And I didn't really think about it. And then after like an hour or so, I just looked at my phone and I looked at the email and it was an email from Fraser to me. And I was like, what? Like, <laughs> what is going on here? And I, um, and it was super short as well. It was just, he, he said, um, Hey, Lane, I like your work. How are you set up? Are you interested in working in London? Oh, wow. And I was just, I didn't know what to do. And um, I got so like happy, like, you know, obviously. And uh, I don't think I, like, I wasn't able to work for the rest of the day. <laughs> This is so silly now looking back at it, but I wasn't able to work for the rest of the day. So I actually went home and um, tried to answer answer his email. And I, I, wanted, I still wanted to be really cool, you know, because he was so cool in his email. So I, it took me a day to come up with an answer, <laughs> I think. And I just said, I was like, oh, hey, <laughs> you know, um, I'm, I'm working full time and yeah, I think I'm interested in working in London. What did you have in mind? I think that was like it. Yeah. And uh, yeah, he he was like, oh, that's great. Like, do you want to come over and freelance for us? Because Cub is growing. And it was just him and Ben at the time. And um, he was like, yeah, Cub is growing and we're looking for freelancers. We're getting more work and we like your work. So like, are you interested in freelancing? Hmm. And I was like, God, 
I would love to work with you guys, but <laughs> I don't think I have the experience of, like, I can't really quit a full-time position when I'm 20 and move over to England and start freelancing because, you know, like, I was just, I don't know anything. I can't do this. And I think I just made, I just made a mature decision of saying no, saying that I'm sorry, I can't. Oh, wow. I can't freelance for you guys because, I mean, yeah. Like I said, like, I can't turn, or I can't quit the full-time position, like, now. And um, he was like, yeah, totally understand that. And then, uh, and I was really sad that I did that. But, yeah, a couple of, like, months or weeks later, he was like, okay, uh, we want to hire you. Oh, wow. So I went to, I went to London and... I thought I was going for an interview with Ben and Fraser and instead we ended up, you know, like having dinner and beers and a really good time for an evening. And yeah, they hired me and I moved over to England. <laughs> wow. So did you kind of just jump right into work there? Like talk, talk a little bit about your your time there. I mean, it was just the three of you, a re- really small team. And then obviously, um, Cobb puts out some, some incredible work. So yeah, how, how was that? Like kind of starting out, because up until that point, I mean, pretty much all of your um, your work that you probably were super proud of was just for yourself. But now you're kind of working with a team um, that puts out some amazing uh, client work. So tell me about that transition. Um, it was, I mean, it was a great transition because, like I said, I felt really uninspired at the time, and then ending up at Cub being able to do what I did in my spare time, but at work was, it was just amazing. And I learned so much from being there. Like Fraser is so like, his after effects skills are crazy. Like he knows everything. It was easier for me to ask Fraser questions rather than like Googling them. And um, yeah, it was a great experience and they trusted me. They, they gave me like a lot of projects and, you know, it just felt really good. And it was just me, Ben and Fraser. And we had such a good, good thing going on. And it was so much fun. I was, I remember I was really shy as well. So it felt a bit weird in the beginning. And um, especially because Ben and Fraser are, they're best friends from like way back in the days. Oh, yeah. So it felt a kind bit, you know, like. party a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. It felt a little bit like that, definitely. But I, I think I came into it and it was good. We... We actually, when I started, they were in in a shipping container, like that was the office. Oh wow! Yeah, um, and it, it was it was actually like some kind of hipster place, and it was a lot of shipping containers. It was it was not just cub in a shipping container, um, and it was it was super small, and it was a bit weird and awkward, but it was it was great. It was so much fun. And then I think it was like nine months in, we got a real office and. It's great. Work was great, definitely. So, I mean, at this point, you've you've worked in, I mean, obviously London and Amsterdam and Stockholm and now Sydney. Like, I don't know. You you've been a part of a lot of different creative communities and and worked in a lot of different um, kind of creative industries across the world. Um, and that, I mean, that's crazy and, and a pretty relatively short amount of time. I mean, cause, so could you maybe talk a little bit about that and talk a little bit about the maybe perspective that you have now that you've been, um, I don't know, been working in, in lots of different cities? Yeah, of course. Um, I never really, I never really thought about the community, um, like the design and motion community until I moved to London. Because in Stockholm... You know, like I, I had a few friends in Stockholm and I moved to Amsterdam with all of my friends and I never really had the plan of, and then, then it's your natural, like you're meeting friends through friends and, you know, and when I moved to, when I moved to London, I didn't have any friends whatsoever. I didn't know anyone in London. And I was like, what am I supposed to do now? Like I need friends, obviously. Otherwise I'm going to go mental here. And, um, I was just like, I was like, okay, Lynn, think now, like, how are you going to get friends? And um, then I remembered that a couple of months before I moved to London, I got featured in in a blog post with B. Grandinetti. Oh, yeah. 
and um, very cool. I was like, mm, I think she lives in London. Like, I'm gonna, I'm gonna contact her. And I couldn't find B's email address anywhere. Like, I couldn't find a website. I couldn't find anything. I was like, what? What's going on? And then I uh, managed to find her on Behance. And I was like, okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to send her an email here. And I was so, so silly in my email. I was like, ooh, I hope you don't mind, but do you want to grab a beer one day? Because I don't have any friends. And you seem like a nice girl. <laughs> and... And she just instantly replied. She was like, what? Just come over here. And I was like, oh, okay, amazing. okay. And yeah, I went over to her place and she lived with like five hypers and she also went to hyper. And um, we ended up having dinner and beers and we had such a good time. And I also, she also lived with a girl, Hedvig, which is, um, she also went to hyper and she, she works as an editor now. And, uh, yeah, we, we just started talking about me, Hedwig and B. We started talking about, um, the thing we had in common, which was animation and, um, uh, Hyper Island. And we just started talking about this whole male, the, the animation industry is quite male driven. And we, we thought about like, what can we do to like make a change? Um, and we just, we had so many plans and like ideas for this, but we started, a Facebook group together, actually. Oh, no way. And uh, the Facebook group is called uh, Pin Animation. I Sorry, think, say, that, say yeah. that one more time. <laughs> it's called Pinanimation. Oh, okay. And, um, uh, yeah, I think the group has about almost 700 members now. Oh, wow, very cool. It's only, only 700 kick-ass ladies in the group. And it's all about, we just wanted to create like, you know, an environment where you could, you know, like an equality driven environment or community and where you could, you know, support each other and connect and stuff. And uh, I guess it's, it's all about, at the moment at least, it's all about sharing work and giving feedback and telling stories, you know, asking questions and just be there for each other and be supportive. And um, I am actually really impressed how well this is going. Like so many ladies every day writing stories and sharing work and, you know, asking questions and stuff. So it's, it's, it's a great place, definitely. We had like, we still have plans to do something more with it, but I think it's just hard when we're in different time zones and countries and stuff. So I think that was, yeah, I mean, the, going back to the community again that was so basically i met b and hedvig through the animation community and kind of all my friends in london are in the community as well very cool i mean now you're in you're in sydney as well i mean do you still keep in touch with a lot of those london friends are you starting to kind of grow that creative community in sydney i would say like naturally sydney is a smaller city and the community isn't that big i think I don't, I don't really know that much about the animation community here. Um, but yeah, I do keep in touch with everyone back in England and we're talking all the time and, and especially cause B and Hedvig, they're like one of my, like my closest friends still. So we, we talk all the time. Very cool. We were talking a little bit, um, a little bit before the show started that we'll, uh, bees, bees going to blend in, in May, which is going to be awesome. We'll be there too. And, and you're going to blend as well. It's going to be so fun. Yes. And I haven't seen B in like nine months. So it feels, it feels pretty good to go there. Yeah. And she's going to, she's going to have a talk as well. So I'm, yeah, I'm the, I'm, I'm the super proud friend in the crowd. <laughs> <laughs> No, that's going to be great. I can't. I can't wait to um, to to be there and 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 hear her speak. That's going to be awesome. Yeah. Um, so I read uh, in. I can't remember. I should have written down which interview this was from um, online. You kind of said something that kind of struck me a little bit. It was um, a comfort zone is a beautiful place, but nothing ever grows there. Um, could you talk a little bit about that? Talk a little bit about um, being outside of your comfort zone and and. Um, do you find yourself kind of gravitating to- back towards that comfort zone? Is there anything that you do to kind of push yourself back out of it? Um, 
God, it sounds so cheesy now that I said that, but <laughs> no, no, I think I, it, think I think it's really good. I think, and I think it's really important too, because I think um, naturally we're always kind of drifting back to that state of of not growing, um, but naturally growing is uncomfortable, and um, it's it can be tough to kind of live in that state constantly. Yeah, I mean, naturally, like back, I still kind of am. I would say I'm kind of shy sometimes and before I started or when I started Hyper Island I was just like you know I was so scared and I was so shy and being outside the comfort zone was like I would never do that to like it that was like a punishment why would I even go outside my comfort zone I, I don't want to I don't want to be there that's that's a weird and scary place like no I don't want to be there <laughs> and I started Hyper and the first thing my program manager started talking about was the whole thing of being outside your comfort zone, that's where the magic happens. And um, he, so this was the first time I experienced kind of being outside my comfort zone. And it was about, he just like, we were 45 people, I think, in the class. And this was the first day I was, I think I was like 18. I just moved away from home. I started a new school. I, I'm surrounded with people I've never seen before. And I am also forced to speak English and... <laughs> I believe me, like that wasn't a fun thing for me to do. And I, uh, he gave us a, a piece of paper and he said to us, he was like, okay, I'm going to give you 20 minutes, like write down uh, or draw or do whatever, three things that shaped you in life. Oh, wow. And I was like, yeah, okay, sure. And then when that was done, he was like, now you can just like present this in front of the class. And I was like, <laughs> no, it was like he... I don't know. It was like he told me to, um, Lin, can you just go to Hong Kong and back again and have like a speech in front of 200 people? And I was just, it was horrible. And I just started questioning this whole thing. I was like, this isn't worth it. I'm probably, I should probably just move back home again because I can't stand like this feeling, you know, of being outside my comfort zone. Mm -hmm. And I think I was the last person up presenting this in front of the class. And I think I talked to the wall the entire time. And uh, it's it's all a blur. I don't know. I don't remember anything of this. But that was the first time I was like that I can remember that I was really, really outside my comfort zone. And after that, I was so proud of myself for doing that. And it was totally worth it. Like, even though it was horrible in the beginning and before, it was totally worth it because it felt like I, you know, like I was growing a bit. Yeah. And after that, I just found myself outside my comfort zone all the time and moving to different cities and countries and joining new companies and meeting new people it's always going to be hard but it's so worth it because you learn so much so right now you're at i i mean arguably one of the best animation studios in the world um and so it's um I don't know, you spoke a little bit to like confidence earlier um, and, and how like um, may, maybe you lacked a little bit at, at your Amsterdam internship and you mentioned that that kind of grew a little bit in Stockholm and then you had your time at, at, at Cub and now um, now you're at this incredible position at Buck, um, which I, I have to imagine, I, I think even like for anyone would be a little intimidating working with um, – all the amazing people at Buck. So could you talk a little bit about that, that maybe um, growth in confidence and, and because I think that's something that we can all lack sometimes. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> being at, being at Buck, like I freak out sometimes, definitely. I just come, sometimes I come home after work and I'm just freaking out, freaking out about something in front of my boyfriend. And it's, it sounds really silly, but like the thing that happened, if something happened at work, I just, I'm just coming home being like, oh my God, this happened at work. And he's just like, eh. Um, but it's, it's always about being outside your comfort zone and feeling the pressure and you're thinking that I can't do this. Like, I'm not good enough for this. But it's just, you know, like you just have to do it and see what's going to happen. And sometimes <laughs> stuff turns out great and sometimes it doesn't. Um, my boyfriend, boyfriend always calls me a chicken or a hen. Like I'm coming home and just screaming and about something. <laughs> um, but yes, I, back to the comfort zone thing. Uh, I was a cub for a year and a half. An amazing freaking time. But eventually 
um, I didn't feel bored, but you know, like you want to develop even more and you want to, you know, meet new people and work on different projects. And, um, I, I went to, I went to blend two years ago, which was an amazing experience, definitely. And, um, one day, I think this was after blend me and B cause me, well, B and I, we did this, uh, we did this like trip together. And we went to Giant Ant for lunch uh, a few days after Blend. I met a freelancer there, uh, Matthijs. He's like the craziest animator ever. He knows everything in After Effects and he's, he's so talented. And um, he's actually from Amsterdam or from, from Holland. And we have friends and stuff in common, which was quite fun. I didn't know that at the time. Um, anyways... We went for lunch and we ended up talking to each other about life and blend and animation and stuff. And nothing, you know, like nothing special. And then I moved back to, or I went back to England again. And I was still a cub at the time. And um, I got an email from from Matthijs a couple of months later. And he was like, oh shit, I'm joining back in Sydney. And I was like, oh, that's so cool. Like, congrats, man. You, you know, like you're crazy. Of course you're going to be at Buck. And um, and he said that he was going to London a couple of days to to just say goodbye to everyone. Uh, and we met up for dinner and drinks and had a good time. And then he went to to Buck in Sydney. And um, a couple of months later, he or I wrote to him on Facebook and asking about Buck and how life is in Sydney and just checking in. And he was like, "Oh yeah." It's really good. I'm a bit sad because our intern just left. And I was like, maybe I should be your intern. <laughs> and that was just me, like, I was just joking about this. Like, yeah. why would I end up at Buck, you know? Like, I, you know, that, that was just too big. And uh, I don't even know what he answered. But a couple of, I don't know, like a week later or something, I got an email from Gareth O'Brien at Buck. And he was like, oh, yeah, I heard that you talked to, to Matthijs about an internship. Like, do you want to jump on a call and talk about this? And I was just like freaking out. I just looked at the screen. I was like, is this true? And, I, I, yeah, I didn't know what to think or say or anything. And it was just crazy. I was like, I'm in London. I can't move to Sydney. Like, that's across the world. And, um, yeah, I was just freaking out. But I decided to jump on a call with Gareth. And... Um, yeah, he, he was like, yeah, I'm, I'm stoked to having you. Like, you should definitely join us. And I didn't know what to do. I didn't know what to say. And I called my boyfriend and I cried in the phone. I was like, oh, my God, <laughs> I got this internship with Buck. Um, and he, I don't even know what, he didn't say that much. I think he freaked out. He, he like, he knew what was coming. <laughs> um, so we, yeah, we decided to... To move to Sydney together, actually. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> so you, I mean, working at Buck, I mean, I have to imagine that there are times where, where stuff comes across your desk and it's like, ah, like, like either one, this is really hard or, or I don't, I don't know where to go next. Or you kind of come up against like a creative block of some kind. Like what, what do you do when, when you hit those moments? Um, I eat tons of chocolate <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> I often freak out for a bit. Um, play, we play a lot of ping pong, which is great. That's like the best thing to do when you're like nervous or freaking out about something. Um, but it, yeah, I don't like, it's been, it's been a bit tough for me actually, because I have worked for a couple of years already. And then I took on this internship and although like, Sitting next to Matthias and Lucas and everyone, I'm just like, oh my God, I don't know anything, you know? But at the same time, I have some experience, so I'm kind of in a weird state. Like, I feel a bit stuck and um, I don't know how to behave in a way, you know? Like, I don't know, am I an intern or am I a full-time employee? Like, it's it's a bit weird. But um, yeah, I would definitely say that if it's, this is like the story of my everyday life, I think that if 
someone gives me a task, like animate this thing, I often freak out in the beginning and then I'm going home and I'm ending up animating the thing in the evening or in the night or something. Because I can kind of focus more when... Um, I'm not focused more, but like I know that no one is behind my shoulders now. Like I can, I can just do this and I don't have to think about anything else. So I often, yeah, I often end up taking all the files home and I'm just sitting at home and trying to figure it out, which it's a bit like, I guess it's both good and bad, but I should be able to do that in the studio. So I'm a bit angry with myself sometimes that I can't do it in the studio. <laughs> So do you do you do any personal projects right now? Do you have anything running kind of outside of work? Uh, too many, as usual. <laughs> Unfinished ones stuck in or in on my Dropbox. Uh, I do like I have such a hard time finishing stuff, and I wish I could just like do a nice piece that I'm mega proud of. But I always end up doing. I'm starting on something. And then I get bored of it, and then I just post a GIF instead of like a movie. So that's kind of what I'm doing all the time. But I have something in mind at the moment. I started on something a couple of weeks ago, and I'm going to force myself to finish this piece, actually. <laughs> nice. Is it like about anything in particular, anything you can share? Uh, it is about um, anxiety and, um, you know, like mental health. Oh, nice. Uh, I'm not going to say too much about it because I'm going to actually try. Now I kind of have to finish it. I know, I yeah, you're, you're you locked now. in. You got to do it. Yeah, now. I'm definitely <laughs> locked in. That, that, was, that was a good idea. Um, but yeah, that's basically what it is about. Because um, I'm, I'm a very, not to share too much personal information, but I'm a very anxious person. person. And um, I f- kind of like, at the moment when I'm working, a lot of my illustrations are based on like, the feeling of um, anxiety and being trapped and not good enough and losing control and, you know, all that. Oh, yeah. So, uh, yeah, that's, that's, that's what Very it is. relatable as I feel like that's something a lot of kind of creative professionals struggle with. Um, yeah, definitely. I think we should share it more, but because yeah. I always feel like I'm sharing too much information. If I'm like, oh, I'm so anxious, please talk to me. And, and then if I do that, like that person always, like almost always that person is like, oh my God, I'm also anxious. We should totally talk about this. Yeah. So what, what do you do in those moments when, you, when you're starting to kind of feel anxious? Um, oh my God. I, <laughs> I can definitely freak out sometimes. Like I'm talking like, like panic anxiety attacks, um, which, which has been a struggle, definitely. But... It's often, if it happens sometimes at work, I, I just need to leave the studio for a bit and, you know, eat some chocolate or call a friend or something. Um, I remember I freaked out. I think, I think it was a couple of months ago, I just freaked out and I called B and I was like, B, please, just talk to me. Uh, so, yeah, that's, that's what I do sometimes. And I think it's important to talk about it. Because it makes it easier, definitely. Um, but yeah, I think chocolate is the cure to everything. <laughs> yes, chocolate is the cure for everything. <laughs> um, so, so I mean, you're you're at Buck, and and could you talk a little bit about? I, I know you mentioned earlier you you spend a lot of time on Pinterest and things like that. But I mean, I mean, Buck is kind of known for their really um, kind of unique eclectic style. Um, when you're starting on a new project, do, do you kind of do you look at other Buck work in, in the past, or are you just kind of starting from scratch, or, or or kind of where do you go for or for finding that inspiration? And and are you also kind of aware of of Buck's kind of um, style and, and voice when you work on a project? Yeah, um, the first thing we do is just like. Um, pulling references off from wherever you find references from, like Pinterest or Google or Dribble or whatever it can be. And we usually spend like an hour just pulling references. And um, it could be like, oh, I like this color or I like this illustration or this style is pretty fun. And then we just go through it, all of us, um, 
on like the big screen, you know? Like, we just go through all the references, we can talk about it, and um, you get to see everyone else's references, which is really helpful. And um, then everyone is just talking about what they like and what they don't like. And after that, we put together mood boards and mood reels and style frames and stuff. So we always start with like just pulling references from Pinterest and stuff. Do you start with kind of like a target? Like is, is, is someone saying like, all right, this needs to be like 2D kind of flat or, or is it um, you know, more illustrative or something like that? Or is it, is it kind of really open? It's really, really open in the beginning, I would say, which is amazing. Like I've never experienced something like that before because I've always worked in 2D studios and uh, it's always been like 2D, you know, but now it's both like Buck can do anything. So uh, it's it's always open in the beginning. We all only like we always pull like references. It could be anything. And then we kind of have to decide along the way, like, should we do 3D? Should we do cell? Should we do 2D? Like, what's the best way to go here? Um, so, yeah, I think that's it's always open in the beginning, which is so crazy. Like. You can do whatever. <laughs> yeah, and you, I feel like you've also got that like massive like you've got the buck name and like everybody trusts it and it and it's gonna be um, I don't know and everybody knows it's gonna be great. Um, yeah, I think so too. And we we always have like LA in New York to help mm-hmm. us out. Yeah. So like all these amazing people together is just it's crazy. Yeah. So is there anything specifically that you are that you would say you're learning right now that you're kind of actively trying to develop um, in in your own skill set? I think um, yeah, like like I mentioned before, that I'm kind of turning, like I'm kind of going towards design and illustration at the moment. I haven't been animating too much at Buck so far, and it's been I mean I don't know, like it's been really nice actually. And it feels, in a way, like I love animation. I love like fiddling around in After Effects at home, but I feel too much pressure in a way working on After Effects in the studio for some reason. I think it's because like sitting next to Matthias definitely, who's so crazy talented and is so good, and he can just animate something in like two seconds, and whilst I'm struggling for two weeks, and um, then I'm feeling a bit like. Ugh. I'm not good for this, you know? And then it just felt like natural for me to move towards design. So I think, yeah, I'm learning a lot about design at the moment, I think. Yeah, that's great. Is it mostly through practice or or learning from people around you? Are you doing anything like online? I'm doing a lot of things in my spare time, definitely, trying to figure out, trying to do like more, um, what, what to say, like more like characters, more realistic characters. Okay, yeah. And uh, I'm learning so much from Lucas in the studio. So, yeah, I think it's like some kind of mixture between sitting at home trying to trying to figure out my own stuff and then I'm in the studio working on things um with the team. And um yeah, I'm I'm getting a lot of good feedback from everyone and I'm yeah, I'm learning I'm learning so much. It's crazy. So would you have any advice for um, any any kind of maybe newcomers or, or people trying to um, maybe get their own internship at Buck or or just trying to kind of grow in general as a um, an animator or, or a creative professional? Um, oh, God. I guess, like, oh, my God. <laughs> I always tend to sound so cheesy when I talk about this. But the truth is that be yourself do what you want to do, um, you know, like don't try to please everyone else because then you're just going to end up like everyone else. Like I did in the beginning when I started out, just try to please the crowd. And I mean, I don't think, uh, yeah, I think just like be yourself. And I also think that, I think we talked a little bit about this before, but the whole thing of, this is a personal uh, thing for me, but like skills versus motivation I think that being motivated is better than having amazing skills. Um, Of course, you should have some skills. Um, But I found, because when I started out, I didn't have any skills whatsoever, but I was so motivated to do this. And I found it so much fun. And I just wanted to continue. 
and be happy, be yourself, <laughs> be open to new things. Be like you need to be like outside your comfort zone once in a while, even though it's scary. Um, I would also say like connect with people in the industry, ask questions. People are not scary. I connect with some with people sometimes, asking silly questions like, "How did you do this? Like, what's this?" Um, because the community is amazing. That's something we have like that's something we have together that it's just amazing and everyone shares so many things and yeah it's it's a good community definitely just looking at blend i mean oh yeah well we we try to end each episode with the same few questions um so the first is who is your dream client uh i don't think it's i don't think it's about the client for me actually God, I feel like everyone says this as well, but I guess for me, it's a lot about the creative freedom and actually being able to make something that I'm really, really proud of and make some, or maybe make something for, the, for a good cause, you know? Because I, I kind of like found myself doing something at Buck a couple of months ago. I did some illustration work and the client was like, it wasn't a fun client or anything, but... I had a good, a lot of good people around me and I got good feedback. I had some creative freedom and I actually made something that I was really proud of, but it wasn't for a special client or anything, which was really fun. Yeah. All right. Next question. What is your favorite animated film? Uh, oh God. Um, I'm actually terrible at watching movies <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, my boyfriend hates that. But I, because we always try to watch a movie and I'm getting, I'm getting a bit anxious because it feels like I'm wasting my time in a way. I should probably create something instead of like watching something. So we always end up watching like an episode of The Office for <laughs> You can't <laughs> <everything>. go wrong. <laughs> it's the ultimate like um, comfort show, at least it is for me. It is so good though. I think we watched uh, all the seasons like three times now. Um, but yeah, I think like looking back at my childhood or something, Aristocats, that's probably my all time favorite movie. And I did, uh, <laughs> I did the mistake a year ago to watch Aristocats in English. And I've never seen that one in English before. Cause you know, they, they dubbed everything in, in Sweden. So everything was Swedish and I watched it in English and it was just so wrong. Like, that's my favorite movie, like my favorite Disney movie. And now I have to watch it in English and it's so wrong. <laughs> Did it ruin it for you? A little bit, yeah. Oh, wow. <laughs> so, yeah, I, yeah I'm going to say, I'm going to say Aristocats. Yeah, no, that's a great one. We, we were just looking at the art for that the other day for some reason. I like, I need to go back and watch because like you don't appreciate that stuff when you're a kid. It's just like, oh, I like this movie because, you know, there's, there's cats in it and stuff. But <laughs> I love cats as well. So. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't hurt. No, but also like in the movie, it's like you can still, I love that, but you can still see that they haven't cleaned it up like that well. Or I don't know if that was on purpose or anything, but you can still see like the sketchy lines and it's, it's so nice. <laughs> All right, next question. What do the people you love think that you do for a living? Um, I think my, my brothers knows what I'm doing, definitely. And, uh, but if, I don't know if my parents knows, but they know that I'm doing like commercial and ad advertisement and design. Um, and they've seen some animations that I've done, but, you know, like it's this whole thing of, uh, when you're talking about animation to some people that don't necessarily know that much about animation, it's always yeah. like, ooh, oh. you work at Disney. Ooh, you work at Pixar. <laughs> yeah. It's like, it's nothing in between. It's either Pixar or Disney. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm pretty sure they kind of know what I'm doing. <laughs> I hope so, at least. All right, last question. What animal did you choose for your animalator and why? I chose an alpaca because oh, nice. <laughs> I just... I just love alpacas and I think alpacas, they're just weird and they're just jumping around and being weird all day. And I can kind of uh, relate to that sometimes. <laughs> That's great. I love it. Well, I'm, I'm so pumped <laughs> to see it. Um, thanks so much for coming on the show, Lynn. Yeah. Thank you for having me.
Animalators is created by the team at IV, recorded in the Weld Nashville studio, and produced by Chad Michael Snavely. To learn more, visit weld.co and chadmichael.com. To keep up with the work we're doing at IV, visit iv.studio or follow us on Twitter at Identity Visuals. You can also follow Animalators on Twitter at Animalators to keep up with all of the new episodes. And be sure to check out animalators.com to see every animation from all of our guests. You can find out more about Lynn and check out her work at lynnfritz.com or follow her on Twitter or Instagram at lynnfritz. That's L-I-N-N-F-R-I-T-Z. Our theme music is composed by Cody Fry. You can check out more of his music at codyfry.com. And if you like this podcast, please subscribe and tell your friends. You can leave us a review on iTunes and that helps more people find this show. As we continue to grow the show, we are now looking for potential partners who might be interested in sponsoring the show. If you have any interest in advertising on Animalators, please reach out and send an email to alyssa at identityvisuals.com. That's A-L-Y-S-S-A at identityvisuals.com. Well, that's it for today's episode. Be sure and join us next time for another episode of Animalators. Curious conversations from the world of animation.